This is a Rooster Teeth production. Okay, Charles, talking about Pokemon today, something near and dear to both of our hearts. And I want to know if you, Charles, are the next Pokemon gym leader announced for the next game, mm. what is Charles's gym theme? Ooh, okay, okay. So obviously, obviously, thought about this uh, for years at this point. And we all have. Like, like any sensible Pokemon trainer, I feel as if like if I'm going to be a gym leader, I'm not going to give you a type advantage to work with. Like, no, <laughs> like, no, you need to learn how to fight. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to bring water types. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, we're going to go with a theme and a concept rather than a type, right? Gotcha. I want baked goods, baked goods, right? Ah. Now, in my mind, right, I'm not going to have a full team because you do have to give them, a, you have to give them a little bit of leeway. But my team, right, right Alolan Raichu, number one, okay. right? Little pancake boy, um, an Appleton. Uh, full apple pie dragon, right? Love Looks it. real cute, real strong defense, can mess you up with dragon moves. Um, and then the last one is actually a heat rotom, which looks like an oven, but it's an oven <laughs> possessed by a ghost. So you're you're going to be the great British bake-off gym of oh, Pokemon. Yeah. And it's like the gym seems really nice and inviting and like, oh, that's a good bake. And everyone's so polite. But it's like, no, nah, my channels will mess you up real bad because I all the Pokemon types it. are all over the place. Listen, ugh. Oh, I like that. That's that's <laughs> smart. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about Pokemon. Let's go. Let's do it. Welcome to The Real Canon, a new pod about the genre pop culture we all live, breathe, and help make happen in real time. I'm Charles Pulliamore, writer for io9 and newest member of the Elite Four. <laughs> <laughs> What, what? And I'm John Reisinger, content creator and producer for Roost Teeth Productions, the internet's supportive dad that apparently doesn't show up in Pokemon because there's no dads in Pokemon. Oof, oof. Today, we're talking about <laughs> the Pokemans. Yes, this year marks the franchise's, the Pokemon franchise's 25th anniversary. And while the Pokemon Company's plan was to have this be a year of celebration, things have taken a bit of an odd turn over the past couple of months in particular. Uh, with a new wave of interest in Pokemon, there's been this, uh, goodness, I'm not even trying to describe it, widespread issues involving card scalping. Uh, there's so much more to Pokemon than the card scalping, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, we're rolling right into cannon fodder, our quick breakdown of some of this week's most interesting entertainment news stories. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, it's got a title, what is it? Listen, we have known for some time now that Sony and Marvel's very fortuitous partnership that brought Spider-Man to the MCU finally in the form of Tom Holland was going to have a third installment um, after the obvious break that we all sort of experienced due to COVID. Um, yeah. The machine has finally started to ramp back up post WandaVision. Yeah. Um, and the title for the next Spider-Man movie has finally been announced. It's Spider-Man No Way Home, um, keeping in uh, fitting with the rest of the, the other two films' uh, home themes. And, um, you know, we don't really know all that much about it, aside from the few things that we saw in the brief teaser video, which really just boiled down to seeing alternate titles. Uh, but the one interesting detail that jumped out to me was uh, there were a couple of hexagons. Um, there were. Hexagons that were uh, diagrams for chemical elements or chemical compounds, rather. But obviously, um, you know, symbology, a uh, little, yep. hint, little hint. Uh, we've all, we all know the rumors about uh, the next Spider-Man tapping into the multiverse. And it may be because of what we've seen on WandaVision. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it really does feel like it's the the flavor of the month right now with WandaVision playing with it. We already know that Doctor Strange's next feature film is going to be about the multiverse. Mm. And then Spider-Man 
is you know tapping into it with the other the other spider-mans showing up into the movie and um yeah the teasing they've been doing so um i i i I think um you know it's it's the route that we all knew they were going to go and i'm excited to see where it's gonna take them and see if they'll overuse it like comics have right right i i between all because there's so many multiversal things going on within Marvel, but DC's doing it also with this flash film. Yeah. It's like there's this sprint, this breakneck sprint for multiversal stories in these films. Again, after this like break that we've been on for the past couple of you know, the past couple of months, I think it's gonna be weird for people to come back into stories or rather to come back into theaters. And the first Spider-Man movie that they experience is like remember last time when he was exposed to the world now he's in the multiverse and it's like it's, okay <laughs> it's like they're they're they've taken the 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 you know the hype that you can get from like this like you know tv crossover moments where it's mm. like oh the jetsons and the flintstones are in the same show together and they're just turning that into movie mode where it's you know i mean it's the same thing with the dc tv you know the Arrowverse where they right, like with the crossed all those over so um, it's, it's a way to get people talking about it. We're doing it right now. It's a way to get a bunch of people, um, dressing up as characters that we all remember. Um, you know, Michael Keaton and all of them showing up for Batman and Tobey Maguire showing up for Spider-Man. So it's, it's a way to get butts in seats and it, it'll work. We'll see if it's got longevity with it. Like, you know, the previous, you know, iteration mm-hmm. of MCU has as well. Speaking of TV crossovers, we're going to speak about a TV crossover, a slightly different kind. Uh, the next big story that really dropped this week uh, was the Avatar franchise is back. Uh, we're talking about Avatar, the last Airbender franchise, obviously. Um, in a slightly different form, Nickelodeon um, has essentially formed Avatar Studios, um, an entirely mm-hmm. new branch within the company that is going to be dedicated to putting out entirely new projects set within the larger Avatar world, which is rather surprising um, because the last that we had sort of heard of what was going on with this franchise, aside from the comic books that came out following uh, The Legend of Korra's finale, um, there were plans to bring The Last Airbender to Netflix as a live action series, um, which was rather interesting because the last time that we saw an Avatar live action project... uh, I don't think they've made a live action Avatar, actually. I'm pretty sure that uh, there hasn't been one. Is that just a fever dream of mine that I keep Pre- Pretty sure it didn't happen. Huh, really well. Anyway. Pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> but now the idea is that there are going to be, at least the some of the projects that have been announced are a feature-length animated film, which is something that a lot of the Avatar fandom is obviously excited about. And um, it's, I mean, it's fascinating just to see the logic at work here. Obviously, N- Nickelodeon is not inclined to talk about all of the talks that happened in the buildup to this decision. But it did for a while seem as if like Nickelodeon was ready to let, not let Avatar go, but rather let it have a life outside of its own network. Mm-hmm. And now that's all sort of changed. I'm not really sure what's happening with the Netflix show, but this seems to be, rather whatever it is that Nickelodeon's planning in the future seems to be like the proper future of the franchise. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants a franchise. Everybody wants a, a verse that they can just kind of build into. Everybody wants like, they want their Star Wars you know, world mm. where you can go forward in time, you go back in time and tell the stories of these characters that are all then still connected together through some way, you know, with Star Wars, the Skywalker lineage and with like Avatar, it's like the Avatars themselves. Like they're, they're a direct, you know, connection to all each other. And so you can create this connected world. And right, it's right um, there. Avatar, other than uh, the movie that didn't happen, it didn't happen, uh, <laughs> has actually done a pretty good job with their, you know, different iterations of the show. Mm. Um, and so... Uh, seeing this happening and being, you know, coming out with a feature film, um, I'm I'm happy for it. It's one of the m- the most beloved 
shows uh in my memory of you know cartoons that i've i've fallen in love with um i have uh vivid wonderful memories of watching the entire show with my <laughs> newborn baby daughter uh late yeah. at night when she was you know waking up and would not go to sleep um <laughs> so uh do it and and hopefully do it good word Next on our agenda, before we jump into Pokemon, is uh, do you want to talk about the Avengers game? I mean, you want to talk about the Avengers game? It, it, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's very interesting. We can talk to look about it quickly because the there ain't much to talk about. <laughs> very quickly because there's not there's not all that much to talk about. If you look back a year ago, we were all up in arms about Crystal Dynamics's upcoming Avengers game uh, that was launching for the PS4 and uh, the Xbox One at the time. Um, is that what it was? No, whatever the current Xbox before the newest Xbox was. Anyway, the game came out and everyone was like, ah, the game's broken? Not broken, just not quite polished enough to make gameplay yeah. all that fun. And one of the things that Crystal Dynamics said pretty soon after release was, oh, and mind you, this was all during when um, the online play was suffering all kinds of issues. The matchmaking wasn't working. Crystal mm-hmm. Dynamics comes out and says, we're going to have a patch. We're going to start fixing these things. And there's going to be all of these characters that are released down the line. Um, None of that has really happened. We knew that the first characters coming out were going to be Hawkeye, both of the Hawkeyes, Clint Barton and Mm -hmm. um, Kate. Kate Kate Bishop. Bishop, there we go. Um, And um, they recently released a trailer for it, and it's like, there they are. They they have bows and arrows, and they teleport now, and that's it. And it's 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 just been weird to see that this all, all of the hype around this Wait, game. We're not, is gonna, just we're, not gonna, we're not gonna we're not we're gonna not. just pass that, on you just referring to Rahag as like they have bows and arrows and that's it. Like <laughs> dragging them, dragging that family. There's more to this. There's there's more to the story, but this is all coming months after the game's initial release, and there was definitely a slump and a way that everyone's interest moved on to the next hot game. That's really sort of not disappointing, but wild to look at because we're living in the thick of this renewed resurgence of, you know, Marvel interest. And there's, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine whether like if the game were dropping now, right. Even with all Mm. of the issues that it had when it first dropped, people would probably just by dint of, you know, being in the thrall of Marvel have much fonder feelings about it. Um, And it's, Mm. I don't know, it's, 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 uh, it's unfortunate to see that this thing might, you know, go the wayside. It's, it's almost it's almost like we can't have good video game movies and we also can't have good movie video games. The two <laughs> shall never meet uh, because I, and, and, you know, I joke because, you know, the Spider-Man game, fantastic. Uh, fantastic Arkham games. They're great, but they are the the uh, you know, the, the 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 rare few in a wide you know world of uh, attempts to adapt, you know, movies to video games and just also like comics turned into video games. There's just there haven't been many great ones like avengers makes sense that you should be able to turn into a fantastic video game and this just wasn't didn't it. work I mean, yeah it 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 was repetitive it was button mashy it was uh it was like ranging in like being just too difficult but not really like having any sort of uh uh skill level to a pr- uh, increase it was on truly the- just the robots they would wail on you to the point yeah. where it's like it's not even a skill thing it's like honey i don't know what i'm supposed to do here yeah to win. yeah and and you know uh, accessories and and stuff like that that just never even showed up on your character so you like you, you know you couldn't even make your characters look cool and like, yeah it just it failed in a lot of ways that it shouldn't have failed and and I don't see it going the way of like No Man's Sky and redeeming itself I could mm. be proven wrong prove me wrong please but I'm 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 not holding my breath in this game.
Okay, so today we're talking about Pokemon, and there's a lot that you could talk about with Pokemon. It's Oof, the it's the 25th anniversary. Um, there's a lot going on in every world of Pokemon, and you know, Sword and Shield is still sending out updates and doing weird things, and Pokemon Go has plenty to talk about. But we're gonna definitely start off and focus a lot on this vast change in the landscape of Pokemon trading card games that has happened between now and last like September. Yeah. And doing like the prep for this, I was going, you know, just looking at like a lot of news stories. And then I pulled out my own, like my own binder just to look at my cards and sort of get a sense for it. <laughs> no, like, cause I was like, well, I'm not really sure when it became difficult, difficult to get my hands on cards. Yeah. So I'm going through my pages just to see like what the last rare pulls were. And I shit you not, I do have a regular VMAX Charizard that I pulled from the last set that I distinctly remember buying casually on, yeah, I, you know, I like remember online. you tweeting about it. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, ah, oh, shit, there it is. And it was, it was that thing where it was like, wow, this does feel like I've caught my white whale. I understand that it's because I spent $12.99 to buy three packs of Pokemon cards and they came yeah. up and I happened to get lucky. But it was that, it was just that right amount of like tension and suspense that I feel is pretty much like essential to the Pokemon experience. That was one of the, it was two expansions ago. So not that long ago, time-wise, right? Yeah. Fast forward to 2021, and we've gotten into rather what has become, what was obvious, like sort of implicitly, if you were looking for Pokemon cards just in your free time, became a full-on news story in a really yeah. fascinating way that <laughs> makes sense because it's, well, it was about McDonald's of all things. Um, anyone who is a, a straw that broke the camel's back. And listen, man, isn't games? that always the case? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the specific story being, um, in, you know, as a part of the celebration for the 25th anniversary of the franchise, McDonald's and the Pokemon company partnered up as they have in the past to release Pokemon cards. Yeah. Um, as has always kind of been the case with McDonald's release cards, it was just reprints of starters um, that were holographic in the sense that they had foil on them and it was very cute and special and it was the understanding is yeah this is a thing for kids and for any nostalgic adults who just want to roll up on a mcdonald's and be like hey i'm gonna buy myself a happy meal um not as a bit and i'm gonna enjoy myself a little bit of pokemon nostalgia right yeah when yeah. these things were actually supposed to hit mcdonald's locations though uh what became very obvious very quickly were that locations weren't getting them um, at first, it was like, well, COVID's still going on. Shipment's a little wonky. Let's see what um, is actually going on. Um, but within a couple of days, you started to see basically the entire box's worth of packs that were supposed to show up yeah. in stores showing up on eBay. And what became clear was it wasn't sure, it wasn't obvious who was doing it, but someone was essentially uh, intercepting these, selling them online um, for ridiculous exorbitant prices um, that some people were willing to pay for. Um, that was sort of like the big grabby headline that sort of brought everyone's attention to the overall scarcity of Pokemon cards that's yeah. going on right now. But yeah. we were talking about this earlier. If you look back at sort of the online discussions that fans of the collecting game have been having for a while, this is really sort of like the latest, the latest, I'm not sure how to talk about it, the latest outgrowth of the way that people have been monetizing their, like, their, 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 their collections, essentially. Wanna... Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always like Pokemon to, to to give people like a broad picture perspective, which is part of why we do this podcast is that like, you know, obviously Pokemon trading card game has always been something where, um, you know, you're trying to collect and you're trying to get the rare things and you're trying to find the hollows and you got to buy a bunch of packs to get the stuff if you want to complete your set or if you want to get the good cards. And so it's always been there where, you know, only the people who commit a bunch of, you know, monetary investment into it are going to get everything they want unless you're someone who like, you know, 
gets that lucky strike like you were talking about charles you 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 lucked out only three packs and you managed to get you know the card you want like that's not a crazy amount of investment to put into it and that's always been the case and even when we all uh uh went underground for quarantine uh (laughs) you know there was a there was a slight uh uh resurgence of interest in pokemon training card games because we were all looking for something to like boost our serotonin while we sit inside and watch the world totally yeah and so there's a little bit of that um but it it, and and then they and then the pokemon company recognized that and even did some stuff with like some of the sets they were releasing where they had the 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 shiny charizard uh v max from uh the i can't remember the set that was well the set's called well the set's called shining fates and what was really sort of wild about it they weren't just reprinting them because they were popular and this is well, this is, I feel like this is rather rare for the company to do. They came out with a public statement saying, we are aware of the situation and the scarcity, which is something that, objectively speaking, works in the company's benefit, right? It means all of your product has been sold, right? Yeah. In, in theory, and there's going to be an aftermarket, and there's, you know, you've, you've sold a really successful product. But the subtext was, oh, no, we see that people are out here trying to game the system and ruining everybody else's fun. To combat this, we're going to reprint more cards, which is... A potential solution, but we were talking about the large, like from a larger perspective, what does that kind of action ultimately do to a fandom for something like Pokemon cards? Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're I mean, they're trying to fix it on their end, the, the, you know, in a way that only they can, because, you know, there's only so much they can do to deal with, you know, evil humans. <laughs> um, I don't want to call them evil, but I mean, to be honest, like, you know, youtubers who started this craze in last september they've slightly ruined the whole thing i don't know if they meant to ruin i don't know if logan paul meant to ruin pokemon trading cards but in my opinion through his actions he has uh, he has contributed to a lot of its ruining for people that were participating in it prior to like september when he started in uh, in the game there are a Um, lot of like these high profile people who have suddenly and perhaps not suddenly perhaps they've always been fans like everyone else but they've realized that there is an interest in pokemon collecting so you have certain stars um like certain youtubers who you know go on their channels and have these pull videos essentially where they let you let you they're like watch me open pokemon cards very strange experience but while those people garner a lot of attention, particularly when they drop massive amounts of money on, you know, box sets just to just to open them and flex, um, that kind of content is not new. You know, pull videos no, are a rather no. old thing. And what has been really sort of difficult to parse through over these past few months is at what point does goodness, at what point does anyone have sort of a responsibility to step back and say, hey, um, what sort of culpability do we all have in maintaining the experience for everyone, right? Yeah. You were talking earlier about how no one ever really goes out of their way to get a complete, complete set by just buying it all up. Part yeah. of the fun of Pokemon cards, if you weren't battling with them the way that a lot of people do, was like, all right, I got this, and I know you have that. And honestly, whatever it is that you have is more important to me. Let's trade, right? That's yeah. the, what's... As, as much as people sort of who are outside of this like to sometimes make fun of Pokemon, it is wild how much of, or rather how successful the card game translates core elements of the, the core franchise, be it yeah. in the games or in the shows, right? It's like 
You caught this Pokemon. Caught meaning you pulled it out of a Pokemon card pack. You take it with you to school. You show it off to your friends. I really want that Raichu and not this They slick. beat you up. They, they steal it from you. They, you know, they go home. You right. no longer have it. You cry into your pillow. Oh, wait, is that just my story? Gotcha. <laughs> and as much as all of those experiences are about the cards themselves, it is about that personal interaction, right? Um, that is something that I feel those of us who are still into this, who first got into it in the 90s, um, that's... That's sort of what we hold on to. That's sort of what that nostalgia is yeah. when we look back at our cards. And as adults, we have obviously our relationship to it has changed. We're also like, okay, we can buy it. But there are a lot of us out here who are like, well, there is a money making opportunity in the experience, like my, like my experience within this fandom. For some people that looks like, hey, come watch me on Twitch or on YouTube or where have you as I open packs. And for some others, it's let me go through an entire town following around the distributor as they go to yeah. stores, buying up all the stock and then selling it for a markup well, online. It's, it's because a, 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 there's, there's a very different angle that people like Logan Paul and Pokimane and Logic and all them have, have taken with this, particularly very Logan Paul kind of bringing a lot of light to it. The man has 22 million subscribers. Mm, yeah. um, is he did a, a box break live and but part of the box break was that he sells you know the packs to people that then pay for the pack. He then opens the pack on 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 the stream. I've heard shows about what's this. in it, and then gives that. But he's he by doing that, he has then made this a like a stock market like environment mm. where he is now driving up the price of these things and showing to at certain points of the stream three hundred thousand people that he is selling card packs for up to like $11,000. Right, and because so much of the fandoms around these kind of social media people are about people's parasocial relationships with them, that I feel is sort of like where the taint <laughs> starts to come in. Um, and thinking about this, it's, 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 I don't think it's inappropriate to really sort of compare a lot of the people whose deep passion for Pokemon has become a business endeavor. I don't think it's unfair to compare them to Team Rocket. In a sense that <laughs> their ultimate goal, right? Bear, stick with me now. Stick with me. Gotcha. Right? Their ultimate goal is to go out and capture the rarest, most powerful Pokemon, a shiny Charizard, if you have, you know, if you know, if you follow me, and um, keep it for themselves and to talk about it to the plebeians, like, oh, if only you could have this kind of thing. And it's like, well, if it were out in the wild, where it will, you know, where it belongs, everyone would have that same kind of opportunity. And it's just good. They literally, they literally bought the most powerful Pokemon possible in the first movie. His name is Mewtwo. They bought, <laughs> they were like, we want the best Pokemon. I can't get it randomly out in the wild. Right, it's like, you know, I'm not the, even going to bother to search for yeah, Mew. <laughs> I can't even get Mew, so I'm going to buy my Pokemon. Like, that's, that's what they did and in the movie. And then Mew shows up and is like, what is this? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, that, that's what, that's what, you know, these, these, these uh, individuals are doing. And it's, it's gone it's gotten so fervent on on the in the markets that you know it's gone from something where like you know back in the day people used to you know they collect your comic books you sell your comic books you know that you keep around for 40 years and yeah. you know you 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 make some money off of it and it's it's pushed that into this tiny little uh time frame as opposed to like a 30 year investment and it's turned it into a house swapping kind of version mm. where buy the pack uh, quickly turn around and make a huge profit on it, get rich, um, you know, that's the formula. And so everybody goes, I'm going to do that as well. And now it's gotten to the point where casuals, I'm a casual, I am, I'm a poor casual person <laughs> um, who was participating in that, you know, that, that, that uh, 
entertainment even value. Like I was one of the people who bought, you know, box sets and I would stream, you know, opening them. But then I oh, would you're part then of the problem. I, I am, <laughs> but but if I can like defend myself am I please allowed do, to please. uh I would then put them into my into my little, you know, binder, organize them and and show them to my kids and then you know collect them and that was the reason why i did it i i definitely wasn't like buying like spending 90 dollars on a box and then going like all right who's gonna buy this for 500 dollars? Mm-hmm, and i don't think there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that but this whole thing kind of brings up even even a bigger conversation that's beyond even pokemon about the responsibility of these influencers who have such a audience looking at them and and they're and, and knowing what they can do to change the world mm. you know um in a good or a bad way and and in my opinion they changed it in a bad way with their influence and mm. i'm upset <laughs> now the thing is like there is it's easy to pay a lot of attention to these people because that's what they want right what their whole bit is to draw eyeballs but at the same time that there are these people who are in a sense hacking their way through the system to sort of gamify it for themselves um there is a really, God, there's a subset within the larger Pokemon franchise, or rather the Pokemon fandom, that is using, I guess, what you would consider nefarious tactics for what I would consider an overall good. Um, before all of this went down, um, before I pulled that fantastic Charizard that I had my heart set on, um, to be honest We're going to post a picture of this we, Charizard listen, on, I was, our, here's the thing. on our Twitter. Okay? I, have a, I have a story. I have a story. And this will all come together. Before all of this, I was never really much one for I have to pull this particular card from a set. But the Charizard was very near and dear to my heart. Because a couple of months before, right, apropos of me not doing nothing, just playing Pokemon Sword by myself, minding my business, I log on to the Y-Link and I see, oh, look, there's a G-Max Charizard. Let me try to catch it. Blah, blah, blah. Get, managed to get in. You know how hard it is to do that. Yeah. And I am stunned to see that it's actually a shiny VMAX Charizard that apparently is just spawned natively in my game. Looking back on it, it was obvious that I had just happened to luck into someone else's like hacked game. Farming. You know, their yeah. farmed, their farmed thing. But it was like, oh my God, I can do this for me in that moment, right? In that first episode where uh, Ash sees the ho-ho and he's like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I want it. <laughs> I was like, this is my moment. This is my moment. We kill it. And I'm like, ah, oh, mind you. I had not really looked all that much up on how you're supposed to handle raids in this game because this was yeah. just a few weeks after the game had dropped. My Joy-Cons had started drifting a few days prior. And so, in order to protect myself, I attached my Master Ball to my favorite Pokemon. I had hoped that I would be able to get access to the Master Ball during the middle of a battle. No dice. Lost it. Right? No. Broke my heart. And I set out. I was like, how am I ever going to recapture this thing? Impossible, statistically, right? <clears throat> But what, you, what I ultimately did end up sort of really getting into was the online hacked community. Um, there are a lot of people primarily who host these discords where people all across the world who are into the game are meeting with one another. People who, for whatever reason, were just really happy to host these hacked, not hacked, these farmed shinies, right? Yeah. What they would do is be like, all right, listen, um, I'm an accountant and my job is from like eight in the morning until six in the evening, but from seven to nine, I'm going to be hosting this thing. And it took me a couple of weeks of just like at first lurking and then sort of trying to get to know people um, to really see that as chaotic as that kind of space was, it was ultimately this kind of place where the people who were hosting these things on the YouTube streams, there was definitely an element of, oh, please come subscribe to my channel to boost yeah, yeah. You know, my rating. There was definitely a part of that. 
But there was also a lot of people just being like, thank you so much for helping me find this thing that I on my own would never have been able to do. Yeah. And even though, you know, the methodology behind actually farming these things is ridiculous and you have to change your switches clock, it's it's a mess. You know, it's they, they're all the kinds of things that Nintendo does not want you doing. They really just they they would prefer you not. And you've seen the company sort of stamp out um, instances of what they consider hacked Pokemon, both in the newer yeah. generation games on the consoles and on phones. But in those communities, there is this sort of like ragtag, hey, I got you. Like, I've been out here searching for this, I don't know, this mm -hmm. Gardevoir too. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you do that. And in my mind, even though it's technically, uh, you know, technically it's uh, breaking the rules, it does still tap into the heart of what makes all of this so fun. Yeah, I, I, I put up a tweet on uh, on my account this week and I, I asked people to tell me why they like Pokemon. Yeah, I told them say wrong answers only. And so I got a lot of tongue in cheek responses and there and people trying to make a tongue in cheek response. were saying like it was uh, because they love the Pokemon community, which is their way of digging at the Pokemon community. Yeah. And I, I, I know there's bad apples in any of these fandoms and it's easy to focus on them a lot because they're usually the noisy few. But I have personally found that the Pokemon community, uh, you know, these people who you know have been fans um, either since the 90s or, you know, with this new resurgence that's happened recently with like the release of mobile games like Pokemon Go and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is that honestly people, they people, you know, do want to be friendly and, and communal about it and, and they want to share and they want to experience together. You know, there's a reason why before we all had to go indoors and they had to change the way the game goes that Pokemon go when they had community days, mm -hmm. well, yeah. you know, every month that in here, as far as my experience here in Austin was that you'd go outside and go out to like the Capitol building here and you would see hundreds of people just out, chilling out like ooh, they don't get a mewtwo yep walking around <laughs> with their friends and they're all and i did it myself i had my friends that we would go and we would try to you know catch a, a shiny kyogre and that totally. kind of thing and so yeah there there is that like there is that that part of the pokemon community that is like to use our own you know uh nomenclature like uh furthering the canon in a in a positive light um i that's how i got my shiny lapras in pokemon uh shield yeah um Lapras is, in my opinion, a gay icon in, in Pokemon, so I had <laughs> to especially get a shiny now version. that it's become a cruise ship for sure. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she got songs. She's got musical notes around her in the in the in the Gigantamax version. All um, so extra. she's a diva. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there. There is that 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 good group of people that you know hack it. You know, use your words in a good way. Uh, uh, there's a you know, you know there's people that have made apps in order to make it easier for people to group up for raids in Pokemon Go, mm. so that you can actually get like a shiny version of something. Like I have a friend who plays Pokemon Go, and she today or yesterday sent me a, a DM with just a screenshot that she has fought. 39 different Mewtwo's in Pokemon <laughs> Go and still hasn't gotten a shiny and it breaks my heart and and that I think that sucks I think if somebody commits that much time to this thing give them a shiny Mewtwo like stop it I mean um, yes I agree but also you've seen all of those episodes of Pokemon where Ash rolls up into town and he meets a crazy old coot who's just like I've been searching for Lugia for three decades <laughs> and then Ash is just like okay sir and then it just shows up out of nowhere yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like that's just the life dude um, but, but, you know, even, she wouldn't even be able to have gotten to find 39 Mewtwo raids Were without not even for these, the, like, yeah, 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 so even, so, like, that's, like, showing, like, there's, 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 like, there's help that can be given that still doesn't break the game or anything like that. She right, still has right, right. And, and, to be honest, Pokemon Go still got her money for all those remote raid passes, um, but I, I, 
you know, I'm scared to have this conversation and to talk about things like, you know, real fans versus fake fans, because I don't think there's actually a, a I don't, black no, or white no. answer to that. Oh God, black and white was the worst, the worst installment in the franchise. It's just like <laughs> it the most garbage Pokemon. But you're, it was. But you're very right. This isn't, it's not, it's not a good, it's not a heroes versus villain thing. Because I think at the end of the day, we can agree that no matter where you're coming from on this, it is there is part of you that likes this, right? Regardless of whether it's just for vanity and you want to show off for people or whether you just want to collect these things to look at them for yourself. There is something about Pokemon that has brought everyone to the table here. I think yeah. that the conversation, rather the question that I'm mulling over right now is, what does this look like in the future? There is an argument to be made that part of the reason that people's interest in Pokemon has become a bit more driven by capitalism, honestly, um, are things yeah, like the main games themselves are going more well pokemon go is a pay-to-play game or rather a free-to-play game um that has all kinds of opportunities to you just pour for you to just pour endless amounts of money into it in hopes that you finally get the shiny mewtwo that you're looking for game I i'm sorry uh, uh, what i got i got my shiny mewtwo just want to put that out there just want a little brag i'm just saying shiny mewtwo is green and it's kind of ugly but that's okay it is it is <laughs> i totally agree sometimes the shinies are the are like what were you thinking you had a shiny like like Magikarp, shiny Magikarp, and shiny Gyarados, great. Gold Magikarp, red Gyarados, sexy as hell. <laughs> but, but, what, like, but what I was saying, though, is um, you look at games like Sword and Shield, right, which sell for 50, 60 bucks a pop for the Switch, but then you have DLC. Um, and that is mm -hmm. sort of becoming the norm just with games across, you know, across genres, across studios. And so the, I can, there's an argument to be made that as people who, you know, are just casual fans... Um, continue to play these games they are picking up on these signals right and it's like listen yeah you like pokemon but uh we're trying to get a little bit more so it's okay if you do the same thing and i don't think that that's an inherently bad thing but no there is this you know the, the issue with scalping obviously is much larger than pokemon cards specifically we're talking yeah, about PS5 that for the shape all that ps5s i was thinking specifically about a couple months ago everybody was just like there was a rush for Telfar handbags and there, which is, it's just like a, a gender neutral bag. I think it's ugly, but whatever people wanted them. And you would just see, it was always men who'd be like, I got all these Telfars. And it's like, bro, I know you don't need those or want them. It's literally just a bunch of girls and gays out here who want their hands on these things. Let them go. So there's obviously, there's a, there's a larger, there's a larger energy in the atmosphere that is making more people jump on opportunities to scalp, you know, to make a quick buck. Yeah. Um, but for Pokemon, for Pokemon and like for Pokemon specifically, I think that another element to the larger conversation or why that explains why we're all paying a lot of attention to it is that a lot of the fan base for this game, for these cards are like children, children. Yeah. And it's wild to, we always talk about like, oh, we're adults. It is, it can be kind of mind boggling to see how much of a pull Pokemon still has on you know, kids who don't have their own money, whose experience with yeah. things is just, you know, what their parents buy them, what McDonald's happens to be well, putting e out e there. E I'm going to say even further than just children, but even just a, 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 a young fan base or a fan base in general that, you know, n isn't necessarily inclined to be, you know, wealthy or athletic. Right, or, right, or right, 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 right. Listen, there were times in my childhood where like, I could not afford the real Pokemon cards. You're damn right. I got those sticker things that you put four quarters in the machine out. Did they have all <laughs> kinds? Did the hologram, did the holographic ploy look right? Of course not. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but I loved it. And it's just like, now, dude, seriously, even those things, those things, the fake Pokemon cards that you can get for like 10 bucks or five bucks, like for $5 at the bodega, all gone, all gone. Makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I it's, it's, 
I, you know, obviously it comes to our attention, you and me, Charles, because we're mm. fans of Pokemon and this is going to get our attention anyways. But I think, I think you can, you can go beyond that. And I think you were, you were touching on it where it's like, this is a, a franchise in a community that, um, was, was the antithesis of this kind of, a capitalistic, uh, environment in, in that it's, it was all about communal trading and, and trying to catch them all. But being able to still share in the experience, no matter if you could invest fifty dollars into it or just you know three ninety nine. People don't like um, to talk about the socialist elements of Pokemon, but they had a pretty <laughs> solid healthcare system where children knew that you could just walk up in the Pokemon Center and be like, "Yo, help my Pokemon out." And Nurse Joy said, "One moment, please." Fantastic. And now here we are, like, "Ugh, can you can you imagine having to pay?" To- <laughs> to heal your Pokemon <laughs> after a battle, it's like, bro, no, you need to go back to Palatown and catch you some fresh Pidgeys and start all over. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine if the next version of Pokemon they like they they were like, yeah, the the healthcare system privatized, and uh, so now you have to get like an insurance card and pay your deductible, or else your Pokemon are gonna die. It'll be Pokemon Have and Pokemon Have Not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. Pokemon is a socialist environment. Come at me. Ugh. Okay, we have ranted about the good and bad of, uh, you know, the current Pokemon trading card environment. But let's end the note on a little bit of some fun stuff and talk about our headcanons. Um, and I'm going to keep this specifically to Pokemon trading card game headcanons. Part of uh, how the game, it's a game, has uh, evolved is, uh, it you know, they've kind of constantly refreshed what the rare card is, which is fun because they keep, like, introducing new ways that the cards, the special cards, can be different from the normal ones. You know, yeah. originally it was hollows, then they introduced reverse hollows, and then they had EX, GX, and V cards, and then they had full art cards, and then they had these super gay rainbow ones. Um, which are great. But yeah, they're great. If if you were handed the creative reins, like what what where do you take the cards next to be like visually interesting and new to have the new um, card look? Like what 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 would you want that company to do? Do you remember when they first started to do the full art cards? Yeah, that blew my mind. I remember yeah. the first full art card blew my mind, and the first time that they had. Um, Technically speaking, they were vertically oriented on each individual card, but they were two cards. It's, it was a Ho-Oh and a Lugia, and I know my roommate stole one from my set. because it's. <laughs> I know he did, but that was also fantastic. Um, I just wanted to get all that out of the way. Here's the thing. I think that <laughs> yeah. the coolest and most fascinating thing that Nintendo slash the Pokemon company could do with the card game is to actually bring back the 90s Pokemon card game video game that was on the Game Boy Color and integrate that into the card playing experience. There is yeah. a there is a very sort of like almost their version of that that exists right now where you can the little thingies that you can scan um uh, yeah. the QR code you can scan that and it loads up into a virtual database that you can kind of make decks with but the whole process is really it's just there's a lot of red tape to get into it. You can't just take a picture of the thing. You got to it's a whole mess. Imagine imagine if they brought back the video you know the card game um video game which was fantastic and a really great way to learn very good it was like it was really it was a perfect blend of the games the shows and the card game it was wild but it also really functioned well to teach you how to play the game imagine rather than you just having to buy the same randomized decks that are that the the game actually generates you just build decks that were based on cards that you had in my mind, it's not even, you know, necessarily just the physical aspect of the cards that need to change to get people game like hype for the game. 
if Pokemon Go, for example, interacted with Pokemon cards, oh my oh, god, man. oh my god, it would because it, it, there's so many there's so many just different points at which that could be interesting. Maybe you just like the way that like fletchlings look. Maybe you want to take a wild kind of picture. I don't know with like your Raichu. I just think that that there is that there is that nexus between technology and physical cards that the card game has not quite nailed yet. And that in my mind is oh perfect. That game was was that that Game Boy game was so good. It was, it so, was good. so good. The music fire. The gameplay fantastic. It because just... it was because it actually it actually touches on the conversation we we're having prior, which is it was the it was the poor man's version of being able to to have access to a ton of these cards. Exa- you get exactly, and it was like, yo, I just beat this gym leader. I'm gonna spend all my earnings on Pokemon cards, which is a yeah. very like kitty fantasy, but it works. It was good. What about um, you? Tell me. Mine's a little mine's a little less sexy, but a little bit more nostalgic. There was this old set. It actually kind of you actually almost touched on it a second ago, Talk where me. there was this old set of Spider Man trading cards. Okay. Um, from around the '90s, because I, I think I was this is back when I was still in Awanas when I was a good little church boy. <laughs> um, and because I, I remember this specifically because my Awanas uh, uh counselor, whatever they are called, um, would give us these trading card packs if we memorized Bible verses. Oh wow. Um. Uh, that's problematic and something to talk about. That later. is tempting. Uh, <laughs> but the gate. If you're going to tell me to memorize Bible verses to get, you know, Spider-Man trading cards, I'm going to memorize Lead the Bible verses. into the church with temptation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the really cool thing about this set of poke of, of Spider-Man was that if, uh, you know, you at the time when you were, you know, getting trading cards and same now, you put them in your little nine, you know, three by three card sheet yeah. in your binder and they all live next to each other. And and especially with like limited sets, like, you know, the old uh, trading cards that you bought, they were numbered and you would, you put them in order and, mm-hmm, and finish mm-hmm, your set. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, This one, if you got all nine of a page, you, oh, know, no. you got one through nine or, or, or 10 through 18 made a big picture. They Yo! all blended into each other. Ugh, I love that. So like carnage, would have his like arm being extended across three cards or in this picture of like Spider-Man, you'd see like a, you know, Kingpin's fist sort of coming down because in the mm-hmm, other card, mm-hmm. he's like punching down or that kind of thing. Oh, so if you've got good. the that's whole good. thing. So I, if they could do that, but like, you know, they'd have to probably do it with like the full art, you know, ones and, and have the full art ones just blend into a three by three big old image. I think that'd be gorgeous. That would be fantastic, especially if it was like one of those um, big scenes, like the kinds that you see on the loading screens for Pokemon Go when it's a bunch of Pokemon of types that really don't belong together. But it's like, oh, but they're friends. (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's what I want. So um, you're welcome. Trading card game. I just gave you your best idea ever. (laughs) So that brings this episode of The Real Canon to a close. If you liked what you heard and we know that you did, uh, please drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because it really helps us out a lot. And if you're not already subscribed and just checking this out because you, you know, the SEO was like, this person likes Pokemon, you should listen to this, then, you know, you should subscribe because we're going to keep talking about cool stuff that you're going to like. Um, and our show is still growing. We're still new. And we want to invite you to, jo- uh, you know, to join us in the conversation. Yeah. So you can do that on social. We're constantly posting uh, stuff we're talking about here on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, uh, we're going to post that picture of Charles's charizard that's oh no so honestly that charizard i don't even really care about i need you to see this video of my devastation in sword just like okay, we'll, we'll find that too okay <laughs> um we'll put that on there so yeah follow us real canon pod on social yeah so get ready get hyped and we'll be back next week with more of the real canon <laughs>